Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Ask a Catholic Dude. Name is Nick, and I am that Catholic dude. Taking any of your questions, calls, comments, concerns, and anything having to do with the Catholic Church, Scripture, tradition, anything, anything having to do with Catholicism, Catholic Christianity, feel free to call in. Um, so, wanted to raise a specific point today as I was reflecting on a, on a couple of things that have been happening and liturgical life of the church and some not so um liturgical things i guess uh you, you might have heard the song right before i began talking at the beginning of the episode here the title of it's called don't stop if it feels good do it by one of my favorite bands sloan uh great canadian rock band and uh from a new album so you know i've been listening to it a lot lately that album and um yeah, what they're saying doesn't really seem to fit in with what Christianity teaches, right? <laughs> I mean, I like the song; it's a good, it's a good song, you know, melody and stuff, and and all that jazz. But uh, well, it's not jazz; it's alternative rock. But you know, whatever. <laughs> but I would say the reason that I put this here today was to raise a point where it seems that. All over the world, people feel like they need to just do whatever they want because it it feels good. I'm not hurting anyone, somebody might say. Why should I stop doing it? I'm not hurting anyone. It feels good. You know, I'm doing a really great thing. You know, somebody might say, well, you know, I'm cheating on my wife and what she doesn't know doesn't hurt her. So since I'm not hurting anybody, why not keep doing it? Keep, keep cheating on my wife. I'll have, you know, I, I travel for work and I, I got a girlfriend here and another mistress here and yeah, I'm not hurting anybody. Feels good. I'm going to do it. It's not a way that is healthy. It's not a way of living that is healthy. And, and, and as I keep listening to the album, I keep hearing that song and like part of me just wants to skip it. Like I don't want to listen to that song, but it's really catchy. It really is. I have to admit, but as I'm listening to it, I'm just like, like, wow, like, of course, it's an exaggerated song, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, I'm not saying that the band is, is necessarily pushing that lifestyle to just do whatever you want, but the words that keep getting repeated over and over again, it makes me think about how, as Catholics, we're called to mortify ourselves, we're called to offer things up. And mortification, that's that's a scary word for a lot of people. But we see that, you know, even Jesus did it. Remember when he went to fast for 40 days in the desert? You know, that's what we do during Lent, too. We fast, we abstain. And Jesus gave us an example. He was mortifying himself. He was It was a mortification of the senses. He didn't eat regularly as he would. He didn't um, do other activities that he might have been doing in, in, in first century uh, Jerusalem, he was fasting from many different things, including food. And when he does that, he gives us an example that we're offering this up. We're offering up these small sufferings up to God our Father. We're offering it up. And we as Christians, under the new law, we're able to do these offerings. We can make these offerings up in union with Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. It's, it's really awesome that we have the... I guess ability the um, the chance to do this to offer up our sufferings with that one suffering on the cross that won us our salvation. So it's more like 
like if I if I were to rewrite the song and it wouldn't be as catchy, unfortunately, but it would be stop. If it feels good, offer it up, and don't do it for a little while. <laughs> and it, it's really timely because we just to today today uh, Sunday the May twenty seventh we we celebrated uh, the feast of the Most Holy Trinity, and before that feast traditionally what happened in in Latin Rite Catholic Church was that we had a series of ember days and that was because the Sunday before we celebrated Pentecost and what ember days are are just more penitential observances they are it's it's like a little mini lent you can think of it like that and so what ember days were or what they still are really are there's four weeks during the year and these days during the week, the Ember Days, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, are days that we fast and have partial abstinence from from meat or partial abstinence from some other um, pleasure that we take in life, maybe listening to music or playing a game, some other kind of activity that we can offer up. So it was never done away with when the changes of the Second Vatican Council happening, a lot of people think that the disciplines were relaxed. And they were, in a way, because um, Friday abstinence was no longer under pain of sin, uh, except during the Lenten time, of course. But our bishops have always stressed that we do penitential observances, that we offer these things up for, for various intentions, that we offer up this small suffering for somebody in our family to recover from an illness we offer it up for a soul in purgatory we offer it up for um an intention that we can maybe get a job something like that and it it, it really reminded me so after pentecost the, the, that week in between pentecost which was last sunday and trinity sunday that was one of the ember weeks so i was just thinking like okay this is a great chance for me to really start offering things up this is a great chance for me to stop and not do something that feels good. I, I So, of course, I was hungry and stuff. Um, I didn't let it affect me. I didn't let it uh, get on my nerves. I didn't let people see that I was hungry and that I, I was abstaining from uh, meat uh, during during two of my meals. Of course, on Friday, I abstained from meat from all three of my meals. But on Wednesday and Saturday, Ember Wednesday and Ember Saturday, uh, one must only abstain from meat uh from all but one meal, from the all but from the main meal. So, like Jesus said, like don't let people see that you have ashes on your head and stuff when you're uh, when you're fasting, and don't let them see that you're all dirty and disheveled. You know, look like you're clean and bright and you know living life as you normally would. That's the great thing about uh, fasting and abstaining. We we offer these things up to Jesus, and He sees what we do in secret. Remember how Jesus tells us, you know, go to your room where your father will see you in secret. Your father sees everything. It's the same kind of principle with uh, making sure our fasting doesn't doesn't lend people to think that we're uh, that we're in a foul mood or something. So with these ember days, it, it got me back to thinking to an awesome, awesome homily I, I heard a priest give uh towards the end of last year it was it was right before advent so you know right before right before christmas time and it was at a a byzantine right catholic church um at a ruthenian catholic parish and what the priest was saying really struck me and it, i guess now looking back on it, it was kind of a precursor to me wanting to 
um, get back into that spirit of mortification. And it it it, uh, it harkens back to something that uh, Saint Jose Maria Escriva once said, the the founder of Opus Dei, who who died in the uh, uh, the latter part of the 20th century, I believe in the late 60s, early 70s. But this is what he this is what he pointed out about denying ourselves the pleasures we become accustomed to, so that we can you know embrace a spirit of mortification by raising the cross. Here's what Saint Jose Maria said: Have you not noticed that mortified souls, because of their simplicity, have a greater enjoyment of good things, even in this world? Without mortification, there is no happiness on earth. When you make up your mind to be more mortified, your interior life will improve and you will be much more fruitful. So, in thinking back to what this priest said, it, it really resonated with what St. Jose Maria is saying. You know, our life, our interior life will improve from our suffering. And, and, and a lot of people can't grasp that. The modern world today does just does not understand that there is, there can be merit in suffering there that that suffering is not something that is without meaning and so we offer up these little sufferings and now that we're in ordinary time in the life of the church we're in that time it's now it's no longer lent it's no longer easter it's not the christmas season anymore we we don't find ourselves in a penitential season so things like ember days things like respecting the abstinence laws that that are still in uh in catholic spirituality on every friday of the year it's something that we need to do more it's something that we need to get back to because just because we don't have to abstain from meat specifically on fridays our bishops still ask we are still asked to abstain from something to offer up something and that's what this priest was trying to tell us last uh last year and he, he got really fired up he got really fired up in a good way because it it really caused us to think it really caused us to consider um what our lord did for us in his passion on that sacrifice on the cross um because our bishops here's here's exactly what they've said um they mentioned that every friday is to be a day of self-denial and mortification and prayerful remembrance of the passion of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we have this whole trying to keep up with the Joneses mentality in America. And it's it's clear that even Catholics have fallen into this trap, you know, that we need to, you know, have all these nice things. We need to, you know, go out every Friday and party and stuff because so-and-so is doing it. It's, it, 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 we need to suck it up. We, we really need to. We need to get back into this spirit of mortification in order to unite our hearts to Christ's sacred heart and to take up his call in taking up the cross. So what this priest said, he was reminding us, it was right before the Phillips fast. It's basically the Byzantine equivalent of Advent, uh, their penitential season before Christmas. And he shared with us an anecdote, a uh experience he, he very recently had with the newly appointed um, apostolic administrator of their eparchy, their, their new bishop. And he, he came from Slovakia, and he lived in an era, and he's a, he's a younger bishop too, I mean, he's not much older than 50. And he lived in an era where it, it was impossible to practice the Catholic faith. He was barred from it. There were 
many people persecuted for the faith and they had to go into hiding because they wanted to practice their faith. Now it turns out that in the Catholic Church there are, are such things as dispensations where um, for a particular good reason we may be uh, we may receive a dispensation from a particular um, uh, discipline, such as in the Latin rite of the Catholic Church, um, for those ethnic Irish people that celebrate St. Patrick's Day in a non-drunken way, um, we see some bishops laxing the requirement to abstain from meat on Friday if St. Patrick's Day falls on a Friday during Lent. Not all bishops do this. Some do. You can agree with it or disagree with it. And you'll see that this priest disagrees with it. And they can eat corned beef on that day. Similarly, in the Byzantine Rite, there is a dispensation that, or at least in some particular churches of the Byzantine Rite, there is a dispensation that the faithful do not need to abstain from meat on fr the Friday after Thanksgiving Day. That they don't need to, to make, up, make a sacrifice. Because in the Byzantine Rite, all Fridays throughout the year they abstain from meat so the bishop couldn't wrap his head around this one when the priest had told him this and it's because he suffered so much in his homeland that he, he, he just couldn't understand people don't want to forego leftovers for one day whereas all the people in his homeland of Slovakia had to give up their houses, their families, their, they, they were persecuted just because they wanted to go to Mass. And it seems like we're just we're just lazy that we're embracing a, a, a beige Catholicism. It's a, it's a comfortable Catholicism. We've become so just just comfortable in, in our surroundings. We've become so contented that we feel that we can't be bothered to, to make a sacrifice. So in the, in the, as his homily continued, you know, the priest juxtaposed this with the sufferings that many Catholics are undergoing in the Middle East. And I, I know some of these people. Uh, you look at the Chaldean Catholics, Coptic Catholics, those uh, Syriac Catholics in, in Syria and Iraq. They're, they're all being persecuted from Egypt to Lebanon to Mosul. And we... As Catholics here in the United States, we can't stop ourselves from eating turkey on Thanksgiving or eating corned beef on St. Patrick's. It's it's like we have all this food in our house and we can't stop eating leftovers for one day while our brothers and sisters in Christ in the Middle East are just thrown out of their homes and raped and tortured because that's what's happening. So the priest continued saying that he, he couldn't even begin to describe the horrors that are happening in the Middle East right now because of you know the children listening. And he, he kept talking about how we need to stop getting comfortable. And at that moment, he noticed somebody who was nodding off during his homily. Now, that guy could have probably picked any other day to do that. But this, this was the wrong day. So to nobody in particular, you know... The, the pastor said, you know, he's like, wake up. You're like, you know, like we, we need to wake up. We're so comfortable that we, we even begin to, to, to fall asleep here as we're in, in, in our Lord's house. We try to weasel out of anything we can from a, a holy day of obligation to the requirements of all uh, of the different penitential periods of the church. And he, what he was really honing in on was that we need to stop putting Jesus on the back burner. We need to stop putting Christ on the back burner. And he mentioned that in a few days, 
or it was it was two days from then that the feast of the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary would be celebrated. It's celebrated every November 21st. It's a very important feast day, not a holy day of obligation, not a day that we are, as Catholics, obliged to go to church because of our love for God, but is a day that is very important in life of the church. And a lot of people kind of brush it off because it's like, eh, I don't need to go. I don't, I don't have to go, so I'm just going to forget about it. Father demanded that that church be just as full on the Feast of the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary as it was on that Sunday, that the church be packed. Because he's tired of excuses. He said he was tired of people saying, oh, I can't make church on this day because uh, this event's going on. He asked us, why can't we instead say, oh, I can't make this event today because I need to go to church this evening. Why is our Lord always on the back burner? We need to stop being selfish. We need to... Even if there's things that are good in and of themselves or neutral, things that we enjoy doing, we need to step back a little bit. So it's not, don't stop. If it feels good, do it. It's stop. If it feels good, maybe offer it up this one time. If it feels good, offer this up and let your suffering be a sacrifice to Christ. Let your suffering atone for maybe a past sin in your life. Let your suffering... Bring about the healing of somebody else because you're offering that prayer up to Jesus. These are things that we don't often think about in the Western world because, like I said, we've become content, we've become comfortable in our Catholicism. And so the spirit of mortification, the spirit of suffering that Jesus asks us to follow is gone for the most part. And it's it's sad. It's, it's something we need to regain. So... The example that this pastor gave us of this bishop being confused that that people couldn't forego a simple pleasure for the greater glory of God, for a greater cause, this needs to go heated. It, 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 it must not go unheated anymore. And we need to heed the words of our, of our bishops. Again, Friday penance is not out the window since 1966. Friday penance is still asked of us by our bishops, just as it was prior to the Second Vatican Council. We still need to make, as Catholics, we still need to make a penance. We need to atone for our sins. Of course, Christ atoned for our sins on the cross in, in a way that opened up heaven to us, that, that we're able to get there. But our sins also have a temporal effect. They also have effect on the people around us. And as St. Paul says, you know, when, when one member sins, the entire body hurts. We're all connected. So we can use these times of Friday penances and Ember Wednesdays and Ember Saturdays. We can use these times to offer up our sufferings for a specific intention, for the greater glory of God. And to unite that suffering to his cross and show the world that there is merit in suffering. We need to suck it up, like I said. And I, and I was reminded by somebody of... The U.S. Uh, the U.S. Navy SEALs team motto: If it doesn't suck, we don't do it. If it doesn't suck, we don't do it. So, e even things that maybe if we go out of our way to do something, maybe some kind of some kind of hard work that we don't want to do, but we'll do it because you know it sucks and we want to offer it up. There's nothing wrong with that. That's that's a mentality we need to get back into. We need to stop being lazy. We need to stop laying around. We need to, and I need to do this in my own life more too. I fully realize that. I'll be the first to, to admit that. 
we need to, as Catholic Christians, realize that we are called to be an example to the world. We are called to take up that cross and show other people that our, low, our Lord's yoke, while a yoke, of course, makes one think of you know a beast of burden, it's not, it's not bad. It's light. That's what Jesus says. My, you know, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. And we want to eschew suffering. We want to just run away from it, it seems. We need to stop running away from suffering. We need to embrace that spirit of mortification, like St. Josemaria Escriva says, to repeat what he said. Without mortification, there is no happiness on earth. When you make up your mind to be more mortified, your interior life will improve. And you will be much more fruitful. So I challenge all of you listening to embrace that spirit of mortification. When Friday comes up again, make sure that you're actually making a penance. That you're actually doing something extra for our Lord. That you're actually doing what our bishops as the successor of the apostles have asked us to do. Let's not be lazy anymore. Let's toughen up. Let's suck it up, and even if it sucks, let's do it. If, if it sucks, let's do it. You know, it, it that, that's the mentality we got to have. So that's that's my challenge for all of you guys here on, on this Trinity Sunday. As always, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to call in. Uh, would love to have a conversation with you or anyone else uh, pointing to this, this podcast. And uh, make sure you keep tuning in. We'll have some more fun stuff uh, for discussion to come up in uh, the coming days and weeks. So until next time, guys, take it easy and be fruitful in your spiritual life. Until next time, this is Nick, and I am that Catholic dude. Take it easy, guys.